Blog Talk Radio. Get ready. Woo! We are sure, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. Now, Buddy Landell, it's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilt liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. You know Woo! what, boys and girls, I always thought that he said kids stealing, not kiss stealing, but I should have known better. That's the nature boy. Ric Flair, happy birthday last week, my man. It is Thursday night, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time here on Blog Talk Radio. I know I'm London, so I'm assuming, I'm hoping on the other end of that microphone is Santos. What are we doing here on Thursday night, my man? I have no earthly idea, and I'm really confused. I don't even know what day of the week it is. Okay. Yeah, so according to everything I'm reading, it's Thursday. Okay. Do you know he says kiss stealing? Yes, although nowadays kiss stealing and kid stealing, both probably illegal. (laughs) I literally thought he always said kid stealing, wheeling dealing. I mean... I guess it would have made sense either way, right? Back in the day, back in the, what was that, the early 80s? Uh, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My man, listen, I am as miserable as miserable gets this week. I am grumpy. I am a hornet's nest that has been poked with a stick. I'm a bear that's been kicked. I'm a dog that hasn't been fed. I'm pissed off this week, brother. I'm not going to ask you how you're doing. I'm going to tell you how I'm doing. I, I, like, I, I like how this is going for me anyway. <laughs> I am fed up with people just not doing their job, man. I took over. Um, I mean, you know where I work. Um, you know, if you've followed the show for, for long enough, you know where I work. Um, I have taken over some responsibility that has turned into an app. I would rather comb Medusa's hair than deal with this nonsense that I'm working out right now. Um, And you always know when you follow Santos in London, you're going to learn something. So you better know who Medusa is and you better know what her hair looks like because that right there is a shave job compared to what I'm dealing with. So I'm pissed off this week, man. I was going to save this for my shut up and listen, but I got bigger fish to fry then, brother. (laughs) I am grumpy, grumpy, grumpy this weekend. So I'm hoping you can either, A, talk me off the ledge, or give me something good to feel good about. How you doing, my brother? Well, how about about we just uh, go uh, Thelma and Louise off the cliff together? How about that? We'll be a bunch of lemmings. Woo! Oh, Jesus. You know, sometimes, you know, we, the reason we didn't get together last night was basically because I took over this new responsibility and it became, 
you know, just starting to get my, my feet wet in there, like dipping my toe in the, <clears throat> dipping my toe in the proverbial lake. Um, <laughs> my whole leg froze last night. Um, now I'm up to my waist in freezer burn. So I'm in trouble with this, with this, um, more responsibility. So, so I'm, you know, I take a deep breath. I step back just a little bit. And I think that we got some sports to talk about, man. We have to figure out what is wrong with the WWE. We have to talk about our shut up and listen. That is not even going to be about people not doing their job. Um, from my end, anyway, it might be from yours. We haven't talked about that. We have the NBA. We have Major League Baseball. We have the NFL. We have um, the Combine. We have Hoy. Is it? It's Oyve, not Hoyve. Stupid. See, I'm just dumb. I'm miserable. I'm grumpy tonight. So if I get too grumpy, you can just say um, chicken finger, and that will slow me right down. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right you win you win <laughs> so honestly i i know we're both having kind of some gers kind of night but how's your week been man i mean honestly you know from last week till tonight you've been watching anything i i did watch john jones last um saturday um you know he won again um you know he he's the greatest man he's the greatest of all time so yeah. how you doing a little bit at least? Give me something positive, man. Jesus. Um positive. Positive. Um Yeah, you woke I, I up got on nothing. this side of the, the Yeah, the I, dirt. I kinda I kinda I kinda been there for the last couple of days too. You know, it was man, funny. I'm I didn't just... know what, I didn't know I didn't know much about that whole responsibilities thing until yesterday. I I got home from work yesterday and you know, kind of just did my own thing like I normally do. And then at what time did I text you yesterday to find out if we were doing a show? It was like no, 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 like no, seven, no, seven thirty, wasn't it? Seven oh two. You didn't even text me to see if we were doing one. You said, "Holy sh," and I quote, "Holy shit, bro! I totally forgot about it." <laughs> and I said, "Dude, me too," because I'm not even home from work yet. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, you know, we. We rolled the dice. Like, if we were Yahtzee, we would have gotten, like, a one, three, two. I can't even say. Man, I don't even know how to make that bad because you can get, I don't know. I got nothing for you, man. I was trying to be funny, but Jesus. You know, sometimes, you know, I hate doing this adult thing. You know, I'm only 28 years old. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) <laughs> I'm only 43 years old and, you know, I try to talk to my kids, you know, who are 12 and six and I just, you know, I try to do the right thing, but sometimes, man, I, you know, I'm really, I really try to be, um, like laid back low key. I just try to like talk. Sometimes I get a little heated and, and angry over stupid stuff, like the size of the bowl of, cereal the kids eat but whatever it's expensive anyway i hear my <laughs> father like laughing at me when i'm doing that but but um man i hate this adult thing sometimes right you know so sometimes i just want to come home from work and not bo- 
weather. Like, go play in traffic, kids. I just want to come home and be grumpy. But it can't happen all the time. But today, I'm grumpy, dude. So, ladies and gentlemen of the the jury, the, the Santos and London jury, I'm sorry. Because I'm grumpy. Tonight's going to be a show to remember. <laughs> and I'm a Mets fan. How bad can this be? I got Tim Tebow, who's going to make the starting lineup, or at least the 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 major league squad. And then, and now, I have Jess Mendoza on the, on, oh, Jesus, mother and Mary. You know what? <laughs> You're going to have to finish the show tonight, dude. I, I, I can't. I'm going to go play in traffic. <laughs> Yeah, of all teams, of all of all teams, why did it have to be the Mets? Why on earth? Why wouldn't it be the Yankees, dude? I I know. I mean, it's all it's clearly her favorite team. I mean, and what's she gonna do? Like go in there and just teach them how to giggle because that's all she does on the telecast. And she can't get off the Yankees jockstraps. And and this is not anything more than just watching her in 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 like. This is going to sound so bad, and this is not sexist at all, and I promise you that, because I was going to do this as my shut up and listen, but I found something else, so we'll talk about it later. But I just really don't understand why the Mets hired her and allow her to continue to be um, a correspondent for the Yankees. I just don't understand that. What does that accomplish? I mean, it... Are they just trying to – I mean, they're they're clearly trying to take the the spotlight away from the Yankees, right? I mean, is that, that's got to be what they're doing, right? I guess so. I guess so. I have no no earthly idea of anything about this whole move. I just don't understand how it makes sense. I mean, you could have picked anybody, anybody else, and – been and not and not made me want to burn down um you know new new shay <laughs> <laughs> what is that is that which one is that city field or chase field i think i keep, I keep getting them all confused all these city different field. banks city okay yeah yeah it's uh I, I was i was kind of shocked when i heard it and then i i mean a consultant i mean that's that that just seems like it could be anything. You know what I mean? Like if I was, if I was, yeah, if I was going to be picked up by any professional team, like I would want to be a consultant because it's kind of like phantom or ghost. Like who knows what that really is and what the job entails? Like you're a consultant for what? You know how to? You no, know, like is is she going to be like the Tim Tebow PR person? I have to be honest with you. Like that, I mean, I I have to be honest with you. I think that's kind of where they're going. I think they're going to kind of create this this buzz around Mets. Um, I don't even want to say spring training because, it, you know, T, you know, Tebow, as much as he drives me crazy, and I think if you go back in the tapes. You can actually find me saying, if Tebow makes the team, I will never watch the New York Mets again. I think you can find that I'm, somewhere. I'm, I'm pretty sure in, that, uh, unlike uh, Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster, I am pretty sure that 
this tape exists. <laughs> you you absolutely can find me saying that because that is really how I feel in my heart of hearts back then. Watching Tebow, following kind of his career a little bit, and I'm going to be honest, I've followed it a little bit. He he can play baseball, man. He he can play baseball. And I don't know if he's going to be a major league baseball player. Being able to play baseball and being a major league baseball player are two totally different things. So he gets invited to camp. Great. Doesn't mean you're on the level of a major league baseball player. However, there is going to come a time in the next two years ish that he's going to make that team. You know, they're going to tell him what to work on. He's going to work on it because the kid works hard, man. I mean, let's be, let's call a spade a spade. Tim Tebow works hard. However, again, I think he has been offered some type of job in football if he doesn't make the New York Mets. My fingers couldn't be more crossed than they are right now. Um, I have followed his career a little bit. And, you know, being a Mets fan, I have to deal with some you know, some humiliating things, and this is one of them. However, um, I would rather deal with Tim Tebow than Jessica Mendoza. Is that bad? Is that wrong? Am I, am I in the negative for that? I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so at all. Uh, you know, Tebow is going to be more on the field. And, I mean, and let's face it. I mean, the only time you're really going to see Jess Mendoza on TV is, you know, when a Met, the Mets are on, they might show her sitting in the box or, you know, if she wants to sit in the crowd someplace, she'll probably have the same seat all the time. But, and, and you know, I'm sure that, you know, once they put the Mets on Sunday night baseball, they'll probably, you know, whoever the, whoever the you know, on the field person is, they'll probably send them over to talk to her. But I think I think we're kind of done hearing from her for the most I, I part. Think for the for the most part, from what part. I understand, is she's gonna do Sunday night baseball as well. I don't see how you can. I don't. That's that's like a conflict of interest. How can she do that? That's what I thought. I was I was under the impression that this job t- took her out of out of that role because you can't have. <laughs> You can't have guys or any anybody on, e, you know, ESPN or the Major League Baseball Network or like Fox or whoever else that televises games, you know, working as a consultant for a team. I mean, that's just because a that limits who you can put on TV because you can't have. I mean, let's face it. That's this has popped into my head. It's kind of like having Renee Young do Dean Ambrose matches. There's going to be bias. Stay just, tuned next week. I'll, I'll hunt that down for next week. But yeah, I'm pretty yeah. positive that she is still going to be on Sunday Night Baseball. Boy. However, the only thing that this has really told me, Jess Mendoza, more reliable and trustworthy to be around the team as a consultant than Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> Whom she has a fanboy crush on. Yeah. That's probably just because every time they do a 
in the outfield thing, he brings J-Lo with him. Are they still married or together or whatever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. I can't begrudge that, dude. No. No, hey, more power to you. Yeah. Anyway, I've spent, um, like, the better part of 17 minutes bitching and complaining. I want to ask you is clear as clear gets. How are you feeling? Because I thought you were sick a little bit. No, I know I was sick, but I thought you were a little under the weather last week too. Well, two, yeah, two weeks ago when we last did the show, I was, you know, coming off a pretty, you know, like a head cold, you know, basically like chest up cold. And from what I've been hearing from everybody else that's had it, it's, it's kind of been, you know, once all of the other symptoms go, the coughing starts. And it was, I mean, it was pretty consistent for a while there. I'm, I, I would like to think that I'm pretty much clear. I haven't really taken anything for it in about a, in about a week. So, hello. Hello, I was done talking. (laughs) (laughs) So you're feeling better is what you're telling me. Uh, Correct, yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I had to go get my brother-in-law from the kitchen. Okay. Um, Not really my brother Tell him I said hi. My dog. (laughs) Um, No, I'm kidding. Um, So kind of piggybacking off my my pseudo-shut-up-and-listen, Jess Mendoza, um, what do you think of, we haven't had a chance to talk about this, 13-year, $330 million contract of Bryce Harper's. Give me I was, your Nathan Santos opinion. My, my first thought when I saw that, well, I mean, you know me and numbers, the first thing I did was I took out my my phone and the calculator function and divided it to find out how much it was. And I thought to myself, because everybody else thought the same thing, Bryce Harper was going to get much more, a little bit more than what Machado got. You know, Machado got what, 10, 10 year, 300,000. So 30 a year, I kind of thought Harper would get maybe like 32, 33 a year. But I mean, I think, I think it was what, like 26, if you look at what it is, year. yeah. Yep. But then you have the like the no opt outs and the no trade or the the no trade clause. It's like, wow. So he went. He just went for years. Kind of like the. I mean, I don't know who his agent is, but it's almost. It kind of reminds me of the whole Bobby Bonilla thing. You're gonna be paying this guy forever. <laughs> I'm glad you said that about Bobby Benita. I was going to bring this up. This was also going to be a shut up and listen for Jason today. But because I'm so miserable, I'm just going to fire it off in the first. It's just everything know? just keeps going to the back of the list. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tonight is misery. Tonight is episode. What are we on? I don't even fucking know. I mean, tonight is just misery. Anyway. So after. After Bryce Harper's contract runs out, 
all 13 years because he doesn't have an opt-out. He has a no trade. He is stuck there, not stuck there, but he is there for 13 years. The New York Mets are still on the hook for Bobby Bonilla for the next four years. Wow. Really? Truth. That's unbelievable. Truth. (laughs) We are on the hook for the next 17 years, bro. That that is magic. Whoever whoever that and is, sixty <laughs> years old contract runs. <laughs> Do me a favor and promise me that you will be available the that last payment day, because we're gonna go out and we're gonna get Metamucil and some type of um protein shake, and we're gonna watch Jeopardy. Well, I don't know if Jeopardy will still be on then, but um, yeah, you'll be 60, so I'll be what, uh, 17 years? 45. Uh, 50, 57? <laughs> Ridiculous, right? And then another yeah, thing that pisses me off, just fired me up this week, Alex Trebek gets I know. diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Come on, man! You couldn't give it to Jessica Mendoza. You oh, got to give it to. Alex I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to wish that on anybody. That's just awful. Any way you cut it, but. But yeah, I was. I was kind of surprised. I was really surprised when I heard that. And, and not. You know, not he, a, and and it, and it wasn't a good surprise either. And he, like he does, he's such a. Consummate professional, man. The guy. The guy just speaks so eloquently, even in the face of, you know, like a death sentence, basically. And, you know, God bless him, man. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I always, I always liked him. He was a, he was a good sport. Whenever Saturday Night Live did a lot of skits about him, you know, the Celebrity Jeopardies, where Will Ferrell played him, and, I mean, he's. Just just one of those guys. It's like that's I mean, what what do they call that? Americana? You know, he's gonna be you know, somebody that you know, kind of like Bob Barker. I mean, you still think you know, price is right, you still think Bob Barker, you don't think about Drew Carey. You know, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be that guy. If this show continues on without him, I mean, it's always gonna be, you know, kind of blah with the next person, but you know, once they you know, they'll always be thinking, remember the good old days whenever he was on? But, but yeah, that's that's really sad news. I agree with that. It is very sad news. And when I saw it yesterday, it, like, it like just pushed my misery over the edge. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it's just one of those things. You know, just add on to the pile. Anyway, let's move on to a little NFL. I mean, we're we're here... You know, we're we're as beautiful as we are. Um anything else with baseball? I'm kinda I, I I mean I have I have a couple of things. Um Well let's get on it, dude. Yeah, I mean I did notice that uh I mean and I was pretty hard on this guy last year. Um Dustin Bedroya made his first start in uh spring training today. And hmm. I you know, this guy's had knee problems basically the last two years. 
or it was like a hand, I think, one year, then a knee, or I, I don't know. He's had a lot of different issues going on, and I was kind of surprised that they actually had him playing second base because a lot of what I heard was that they didn't want him playing the field for live batting because this guy is a, such a gamer. They were seriously afraid that if you know he was going to start diving around for balls and get hurt again. But you know he did play second today. I know he. You know, got a hit and scored a run. Now, the Red Sox pitching so far in spring training has been pretty bad. But I don't think any of the big boys, other than uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, has done much in, in live action yet. But we'll, we'll see. It's it's one of those things. I mean, I've always complained about the Red Sox during spring training of, not you know, not really hitting too well. And it's it's kind of like that again. You know, Ben Intendi looks bad. Um, it's funny. I went to two games this past week. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. kind of sucked both games at the plate, but he's been hitting a couple of home runs earlier. So, you know, who knows what you're going to get out of him. It's kind of funny because everybody always says he's a month-to-month hitter. He, all of those home runs came in February once March started. Yeah, not so much. But <laughs> par for the course. Yeah, so we'll we'll kind of see. It's I mean it's early, you know. The I I think that a lot of times the starting, you know, the starters, the hitters, they go up there. They kind of just go through the motions. They just try to make contact and and you know get the get their eye on the strike zone. You know they probably aren't trying to shoot the ball the other way or do anything like that right now because let's face it, they're on the team. You know, once they start putting the substitutes in, like the third, fourth, fifth inning, you know, those are the ones that are out there trying to, you know, maybe make that jump from single A to double A or single A to triple A or, you know, whatever, whatever, you know. You know, they're, they're the ones that are trying to move up to get closer to the to the big leagues. So they're the ones that are a lot. Of, I mean, unfortunately, in the Red Sox games, they're the ones putting up a lot of the runs. Um. I mean, I'll tell you what, I, forget, I guess it was the game I went to on Sunday. You know, they were, that second group came in and they just, I think they batted around in one of the innings. I mean, it was unreal. But, so we'll see. Well, I mean, we'll, it's still early. You have a whole month left of, well, I guess what, opening days, what, 21 days? I think it's the 20, 28th of the month. Yeah. So, so we shall see. I haven't um, I haven't watched a whole lot of, of spring training baseball. I uh, I'm going to the um, Minnesota Twins game on Sunday. I think maybe. I mean I don't know. I I've been I'm on standby. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know I I'm a baseball guy through and through. You know that. Um, you know I'm I'm kind of. I mean, if you didn't listen to the first 20 minutes of the show, you can tell I'm kind of grumpy with Derek Metz, but I'm still a baseball guy. So, um, listen, last year, I think you and I had the same conversation. Even when we went to the game last year against the Cubs, we had the same conversation about um, just, you know, the, the, the Red Sox and kind of their shortcomings. Well, and they won the World Series. So, <laughs> so I don't. Right, don't, right. 
really think that they're in a whole lot of trouble, I guess. But anyway, I mean, we just keep, you know, keep, keep getting on with the getting on brother. So, right. I guess what, what do they say? The, 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 the rich get richer, I think is what they say. Right. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, we'll see. I'm I'm kind of curious now. I mean, you brought up Bryce Harper earlier. I'm I'm kind of surprised the Red Sox haven't gone at Mookie Betts yet because they have quite a bit going on here. You know, in the next you know in the next two years, I think at the end of this season, I, I'm I'm not sure about everybody, but I know that uh, Chris Sale's contract is up, Bogarts's contract is up. I'm not sure about Jackie Bradley Jr., but at the end of next year, Betts is up. So I think, you know, he has talked about, you know, waiting. But after you had the contracts of, uh, you know, uh, wow, I'm, I'm, oh, Manny Machado, that was the name I was blanking on. Yep, Machado. Uh, yep. Nolan, Nolan Arenado, and now Harper. I'm, I'm kind of surprised the Red Sox haven't, you know, kind of – you know, as they've said a couple of times, you know, other Boston athletes, you know, backed up the Brinks truck yet to kind of, you know, see if Mookie Betts wants to stay there. I mean, I, you kind of have to know. I mean, if you want him there long term, you have to know, A, if he wants to be there, and B, what's it going to take? Because I think, you know, if you trot out a, a contract like, I mean, Arenado's was what, like 32 5? 30, like 31, 32, five, I think is what his is per year for eight years. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking you got to go maybe, maybe 34, 35, just, just throw it at Mookie Betts and see what he does. Because I'll tell you what, if he doesn't take a 10 year, 35 or $350 million contract, that's just silly. Do you know that Bryce Harper, first of all, um, I had never thought that we would be talking about Bryce Harper not being the highest paid, taking like, you know, the, the mega, mega contract. When I say that, um, you know, $26 million, that's what I make a year. So it's not that big of a, a contract. Um, but do you, th- I mean, on, think about this. At the end of last year, whom would you have thought that was going to, break the bank for any team that he signed with. It was going to be Bryce Harper. We're talking $400 million contracts. I think yeah. on this show, we talked about him possibly signing a $400 million contract. He didn't. He actually signed a contract that he's going to be there long-term. There's no opt-out. There's no trade clause. He is there for 13 years. Um, and it just it is what it is. And it also leaves enough money to make major signings next year. Um, so in the, the meantime, you have people like Manny Machado who held up baseball. I mean, we talked specifically about Machado and um, Bryce Harper holding Major League Baseball hostage by not signing. And I actually think the person who – do I want to say did baseball a, a, a solid was Bryce Harper? But I really believe that. I really believe that Bryce Harper made a good decision for all involved. I mean, how do you say that for a $330 million contract? 
but I I really feel comfortable with his contract. I feel like Manny Machado just you know was a pig on a spit looking for that that extra payday. I think Bryce Harper kind of did Philadelphia solid. Am I wrong? Oh no, I absolutely not. I think you know, not taking as much as he could possibly get. Cuz didn't didn't the Dodgers come out afterwards and say that they offered him 400 like eight, million dollars. Eight, yeah, it was like 8 years 45 or something like that. Ridiculous. 400 million dollars they offered him. Yeah. Um over over 8 years. Yep. That's unbelievable that you would turn that down just for the longevity of a contract. I You know, I heard some talk about you know, you know, it's it's funny. Everybody tries to compare you know, contracts, you know, in different sports. You know, basketball, you can't do a contract like that. I think they there's a setup that's only X amount of years. And I think it's like like five years or four years or something like that is like the max term contract in basketball. I I kinda wanna see like all of the sports have that. You know, especially baseball, because, I mean, let's face it, the the Phillies are going to get stuck at the end of that deal, like just paying a ton for not, not much. Well, I don't know if he plays right field. Think about this. He plays right field. Um, by then, the DH rule will be in both leagues. Um, you know, it's already starting to be floated around. It's not going to be in there this year. Next year, probably not. It's going to pick up steam. It's probably going to be in by, what, three or four years into that contract. He plays right field. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me. Man, oh, man. Uh, um, he's, it's not, he's not in a strenuous position. Um, you know, when he's, he's, He's getting, this is going to sound so dick, and and I'm sorry, and I'm mad at myself for saying this. He's only getting $26 million a year. I mean, Manny Machado is getting 30, and Bryce Harper's only 26 years old. He's going to be 39 at the end of that contract. Albert Pujols signed another, what, 400, or I'm sorry, um, $200 million contract or $250 million contract. Like thirty-one years old, thirty-two years old, you know. So, yeah, I think it, and I can't even believe I'm justifying, um, you know, a three hundred thirty million dollar contract. But if if you're gonna sign that super contract, super, you know. Whatever, if you're going to commit that kind of money, I think this is the best way they can do it. And you're absolutely right. Basketball only signs, and you can only have this super max contract or the max contract if you've, I don't, and, you know, if I'm speaking on a turn, please let me know because I don't know enough about basketball. But I do know that you can only have these specific contracts if you've served a certain amount of time and you're this many years in the league and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So you can only get these contracts, which are considerably less, um, but considerably less in money value, but also year value. I mean, there's no 13-year 
NBA contracts, you know, if that was the case, they'd be a billion dollar contracts. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. I mean, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Good contract out of Philadelphia. I hate the the anything Philadelphia, but I feel like they <laughs> they did well over there. And yeah. you know, I feel like I feel like they made a good purchase, man. Yeah, I. Well, let's look at it this way. It's a, it's a good purchase until it's not. So sure. Sure. I mean, I know I know Bryce Harper has been very underwhelming the last few seasons, but we'll just have to see, you know, what the what type of player he is, and uh, and more importantly, you know how uh, how the fans treat him there, because we all know that Philadelphia is a pretty rough sports town if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Let me ask this question: How many World Series championships is it going to take? For that to be a good contract, that's that's kind of tough. I because right now, I mean, I don't even I don't know how close they were to even getting into the playoffs last year. But I mean, hell, the Nationals had him. They had you know the best pitcher in the National League, Scherzer, and I don't even think they were sniffing the playoffs last year. So. I, I don't know. I, I think they just kind of want to try to be, be like the wild card team this year. So I, I still don't think that that signing puts them over the top just because I honestly, I think him, I think uh, Harper and Machado kind of hit free agency at the right time. I mean, I don't think, I don't think either of them is, you know, like an, an outstanding player. They both show signs of greatness at times, but Machado has all of those character issues, and and Harper, who was the MVP in what 2015, hasn't done jack since. So, I mean, he wasn't the reason that they were even close to the playoffs last year because I know they were for a while. I don't think so. I, I wasn't talking about next year. I'm th- I'm saying no. I'm not just saying I don't I don't know if you can justify it because. It really depends on what the Phillies have coming up in the pipeline and how much money they have left even after this contract. I don't think Bryce Harper alone is, is going to get them there, I mean, in the, in the next four or five years, unless they are able to bring in a couple other guys. Or, I mean, I know Aaron Nola is a pretty darn good pitcher, but they're going to need, like, at least two more of him. I'd be willing to put a, a, a price tag on it and say one World Series is would be would make that contract worth it because of the exact reason you're talking about. They haven't been sniffing the playoffs for years since um, who was the the first baseman that used to hit the piss out of the ball and kill the Mets? Um, oh, what the hell was his Ryan, name? I, Ryan I, ha- Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard. Thank you. And then you have and then you have you know, Roy Bay and you, you know, have those guys going for you. That was the last time that the, the, the Phillies were anything to, to shake a stick at, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, you're, you're at least three years, four years away for three real good movement years, you know, getting rid of some dirty contracts, getting rid of, you know, some players that are kind of, 
you know, waiting the team down, picking up, you know, fresh and good, good money. And, you know, we're, we're still talking three years away. So I think one world series and then a bunch of playoff runs, that's a good contract all day long, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, that's for some, for some teams, that's all you need. Just get, you know, get to the playoffs because I'll tell you what, I've, I've seen a lot of Phillies games or that stadium still looks like it's not full, but I'll tell you what, it will be now with him there. You're damn that's right. It will sure. be. You're so, right. so yeah, absolutely. Are you done with baseball? Cause I am, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, man. Yeah, man. Let's, let's move on. Now let's I'm grumpy on. again. I might move my shut up and listen back to Jessica <laughs> Mendoza. <laughs> I don't. I don't think anybody wants to hear us go on about that for another couple minutes. <laughs> so, so keep thinking. Keep thinking. Are, are we going to talk the NFL Combine or the trade that was made today, or what yeah, are we going to talk me, about? T- tell me about the trade because I don't even. I don't even know about it. What is it? Case Keenum got dealt from um, the Broncos, mm-hmm. and I. I think a seventh round pick to Washington for I want to say a fifth and a sixth round pick. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, Washington's got to make a move. Alex Smith has went down in November last year. So, you know, with a with a nasty nasty knee injury. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not going to be ready for, you know, till at least December. So, you got to make a move. You know, do I like it? No, but I think Denver made a good move on their behalf. Um well, yeah. Let's face it. You don't need you don't need you don't need him and Joe Flacco on the same team. Yeah, but I don't Denver, like the, the. I I don't know if it was a fifth and sixth or two sixths and a sixth and seventh. I don't remember what it was specifically, but it was late late round draft choices. Yeah. And listen, I'm I'm never going to behoove anybody for for picking up a six round pick because we got a pretty good guy at 199 in the sixth round, so I'll take that. But, um. I don't know if the Broncos made out today. I think they could have got a little bit more from from Washington because Washington was desperate, man. Um, and then Joe Flacco is over there in um, in um, Denver. So I don't know, man. You know, I I'm such um, an armchair general manager for every sport. I think I know everything on every sport. That's what I'm doing here on the microphone. I, you know, who knows, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny though. If you look at Case Keenum, he had that I mean, he's the one that had the the Vikings in the playoffs a couple years ago. Do you and believe they, in you know, that though? Do you really they, believe in that? I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, he got him there and then and then the Vikings get Kirk Cousins from the Redskins, they trade him to the Broncos. The Broncos suck. The Bronco, and then the Broncos trade him to back to the Redskins. So it's it's kind of like a kind of like a little circle there for for Case Keenum almost. You know, traded to the team that got you basically got him traded out of Minnesota last year. So it's you know, but like I said, the contract that they gave him in Denver was ridiculous, and then they brought in Joe Flacco. Well, they traded for Joe Flacco. So, I, I think they would have had, uh, I think they're, it was like 28, 
seems like $28.5 million the Broncos were going to end up spending at the beginning of the season for their two quarterbacks. So, yeah, you need to get rid of one of them. And if you just trade for Flacco, you're keeping him, obviously. So somebody's got to go. And, yeah, I, I kind of thought the Redskins were going to be a little bit higher up in the draft order where they could maybe take a quarterback, but I, I guess not. I guess you know, they might have been a little bit better than I thought. Well, I, I just don't think that they – where were they? I guess I think I think they're like sixth or something, um, and all the quarterbacks were going to be gone by then. So I mean, you know, I don't know. I I, I kind of feel sorry for Denver in this whole thing. <laughs> you know, should I? Absolutely not. I don't give one iota no, about feel, Denver. Why would, you for a bit, why would you feel bad for Denver? Be, because. I feel like, you know, they spent all this money on, on Case Keenum and, you know, they, they got bamboozled by a couple plays and, you know, when he was in um, Minnesota, he comes over here to Denver and he kind of took a shit, man. He really was nothing to write home about. And, you know, if, if Minnesota doesn't beat New Orleans the way they do, is, is he getting those yeah. contracts, man? You know, I probably the the the, the problem is is that people in football overpay quarterbacks. That's just how it works. Absolutely, and, do and and unfortunately, being one of the best quarterbacks ever apparently doesn't make you a good evaluator of quarterbacks because John Elway went from. I mean, how many people were there before last? The last couple of years, they drafted Paxton Lynch. They drafted Brock Osweiler. They had um, – who was that other clown out there? No, that wasn't him. I don't think he was there for the Tebow years. Can we just say Tim but Tebow was, anyway? Oh, he's like, a clown. That, 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 that Simeon guy. I mean, who else did they have out there? I mean, last, the year, I mean, two years ago, they had like three rookies, and all of them were bad. Um, thanks, John. Then they had, you know, Peyton Manning. I mean, and let's face it, they they held on to him too long because that last year, even though they won the Super Bowl because of their defense, I mean, he was the statistically one of the worst quarterbacks there was. And, I mean, when you got nothing, you got to bring somebody in. And, unfortunately, you know, he was the only one out there. So you bring him in. And, I mean, let's say that that team just kind of got old all, all at once. I mean, the defense, I mean, it was, what, three years since they won the Super Bowl? And it's, I mean, a lot of the key guys on that defense are three years older. I mean, it might not sound like a lot, but it is. Uh, I mean, hell, I picked Demarius Thomas in my fantasy league. I mean, he was god-awful out there. And he's been a stud receiver for the last couple of years. And, I mean, I don't know what happened to him. They even traded him to a team that actually had a good quarterback, and he really didn't do much of anything. So, I mean, he's, you know, when he's, and he was one of the highest paid receivers on that team. So, I mean, that was just a team on the decline anyway. And, hey, you, you got a good quarterback to help with that decline. And, you know, they pick up Joe Flacco. Hell, Joe Flacco couldn't beat out a running rookie quarterback at the end of the year when he, when he came back healthy. 
Are you mad that the Patriots didn't pick him up at the end of the first round? No, not at all. Really? Not at all. No. I, I just think, I mean, if you watch that game against the, the Chargers in the playoffs, you know, they, it's one of those things. They played him once. They saw what he could do because the Ravens went out there <clears throat> to the Chargers and beat them. But then, you know, whenever the playoffs come around, you know, they see how he was. They, they watched his, his, you know, clips from the last couple of games. They, they kind of held him down in that, in that game in the playoffs. And I think, you know, kind of like, you know, kind of like RG3 whenever he came out, you know, had a great first year. But then after that, I mean, you, that's, that's the problem with the NFL. That's not, it's not the ACC or the SEC or anything like that. These coaches know how to position the players to do what they need them to do. And, you know, after watching how Lamar, what Lamar Jackson does, you know, the Chargers were able to come up with a game plan defensively, not, you know, not keep eight men in the box the whole time, you know, put a little bit of pressure on him so he runs, but have guys there to kind of have him run up the middle and not bounce outside. <clears throat> and that's what happened. And, you know, if the Chargers... I mean, the Ravens' defense kept them in that playoff game. I think the Chargers basically owned the first half, but they were only up like nine to nine to nothing because they can only kick field goals. That game could have been ugly fast. I mean, the only way the only way this this guy is going to get better is if you know the Ravens this year they're going to have to go out and they're going to have to get weapons for this guy. I mean, obviously, he's the quarterback. You got you shipped Flacco out of town. This is the guy. You got to get him people to throw the ball to. You know, they have a, they have a couple of tight ends. The receivers are all kind of old, so I'm kind of thinking I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens. You know, I mean, they're gonna. I mean, they're the Ravens. They're gonna get defensive players. That's what they do. That's that's their that's their calling card. But you need to get. You know, a, a couple of, I mean, like a, maybe a, a catch-receiving running back that can come out of the backfield and just guys with good hands that, you know, can be ready quick because, the, I, you know, Lamar wasn't really looking at all of the all of the options in this game. It was if your first, if the first target is covered, take off. And unfortunately, I mean, that's how RG3 was. I mean, Michael Vick was a little bit better. But we'll see. Yeah, we will because I, I am kind of grumpy that we didn't, we, meaning the Patriots, because I own a stake in them, right? That's what well, we say when we're we. Yeah. Um, we didn't pick up Lamar Jackson. And I get the whole running thing, and I get everything you said, and I agree with everything you just said. However, 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 I, where do we go from here? What do we do? Do we do we start moving draft picks? I mean, please. I mean, we're only a couple years away from needing a quarterback. When. 
when does it become real for Bill in the the war room? I guess is what I'm asking you. I would I would have to say I mean, what is it? They have out of the first 100 picks, I think the Patriots have like 6 or 8 picks. I I'm thinking you know, in the second round if if there's a quarterback there that you really like, I, I think you have to take him. Um, because let's face it, I mean, other than right now, other than Drew Brees, who started with the Chargers, all of these like franchise quarterbacks have been with that franchise since they were drafted by the franchise. Um. And I, I kind of think that I, I, you can't – I mean, people are saying, oh, well, get get Aaron Rodgers or get – no, that's not going to happen. It, it's not – you know, the quarterback position, like I said, it's, it's the most important one in that sport. You're going to have to find your own guy. You're going to have to develop your own guy and hope like hell that it works out. That's why I'm so nervous about so I'm thinking, I'm thinking that the you next have to, year and a half. I'm, uh, I know. I'm thinking that this year in the – I mean, let's face it. Brady's still going to play. I, I don't see them moving up and getting one of these, like, top guys. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Okay. Um, but make but it I make think, sense for the if, next couple of years. But I think – right, exactly. That's why I'm thinking – I know there's a couple of guys that are out there – you know, I really haven't been following the combine. I've heard a couple of names, but for the life of me right now, I can't remember the name or the school. But there were, I think one of them might be like West Virginia, where they're like bigger quarterbacks, they're pocket quarterbacks, they have good arms. And I think if somebody like that is there, second round, maybe a third round. You got to go for it. I mean, bringing in Danny Etling in the seventh round last year. Let's face it, I was pretty pissed off last year. I was thinking yeah. you got to get somebody. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, there were so many different quarterbacks out there, and they just kept getting passed over and passed over and passed over. Well, not many. I mean, outside of the top, the top three or four, none of them, none of the other ones really did anything anyway. So. You know, that is what it is. I, I just kind of think, you know, if the, the Patriots are in that position where they don't have to get one in the first round, I don't know where their first pick is in the second round. If they have multiple second-round picks, I would, say, I would say, you know, take a chance. I don't even need them to take a, a quarterback this year. I just need to know that, like, we're not – we're in a bunch of lemmings just running to the end of the cliff. You know what I mean? I just need to know that there is an end. Like, like, you know, there's, we're, we're working on the, the extended. It doesn't ever seem like it. We get these quarterbacks in, we, you know, we, we uh, build them up. We, you know, make them great quarterbacks. Then we move them. Joe, Jacoby Brissett, um, um, that guy out in uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, that Garoppolo. guy, Jesus, Jason. Um, 
you know, we build these guys up. We we let them sit behind Tom, and then we move them. And then we have, what, Brock Heward behind them? We have, you know, come on, man. I mean, make it make, it make sense in three yeah. or four years that, you know, when, when Tom retires, I get it, man. We have Tom for another three years, four years maybe. Um, but there's going to be an end. Like, he has already said – Here's the the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm I'm chasing it now, boys. Like I can't ask him to give me any more than six Super Bowl rings, can I? No. Well, he's 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 only under contract for this season, this coming season. I I'm guessing they're still going to try to work something out to get him a, maybe another couple years. But are you sure I mean, about that? A, I'm positive. Okay. Because okay. because because norm, normally they say like when he has two years left, that's when they re renegotiate the contract or do something, and they didn't do it this past season. So he has one year left, as of right now. Um. So it's I mean that's going to be those, it's one of those things. I mean let's face it, I don't want you know God forbid something happens to Brady. Sorry, I don't want Brian Hoyer coming in. I. I he, what's he going to do? <laughs> Danny Etling, the seventh-round pick, I mean, who who went to LSU, and LSU, all they do is run the ball, it seems like. Yeah, I don't want him either. Get me somebody, you know, like a Garoppolo, because I'll tell you what, I mean, I didn't know who the hell Jimmy Garoppolo was, but you watch him in these preseason games, he looks decent. He looks like He looks like he should be a quarterback, for crying out loud. You know, at least we all, at least we thought, okay, well, we still have this guy. You know, they put him in, and let's face it, that first game that they played where Brady was suspended the first four games, they played Arizona. I didn't think they were going to beat Arizona. No chance. But they go out and they do it. And then the next week against the Dolphins, I mean, he looked, he looked great there. I mean, too bad he got hurt. And that's the problem with him. I mean, look, he's, he got hurt. Then the next year, he was with the Patriots. You know, they ended up trading him that year. He played a little bit. He looked great, you know, for the 49ers. The end of that season, they traded him. But then this year, you know, he tries to do too much when he's running the ball, and he gets hurt, and he's out. He's knocked out for the year. <clears throat> so here you go. You have, you have a guy who might have played all of – I mean, he might have played 16 games. I don't think it's been that many, but he's been knocked out twice already. So was it a good thing for the Patriots to get rid of him? Yeah, maybe. Because that seems a little too injury prone for my liking. But you also Agreed. have to get a. But you also have that, and that's that's why I wasn't too big on Lamar Jackson. I have a feeling that you know if if an instinct is to run the ball, and you're a quarterback. There's so much that can go wrong. You can you can plant wrong. You can juke wrong. You can, I mean, let's face it. Somebody can hit you low, purposely or accidentally. There's so much that can go wrong with the quarterback running the ball that I don't want mine doing it. That's why I'm glad whenever they show Tom Brady's 40-yard dash at the combine and he ran in like a minute and a half. <laughs> Like, good. I, I, be honest. I, I probably could have beaten anyway. Tom. I would have, I I would have loved to have seen a race him. between Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe whenever they were both there. I would have paid 
to see that 40, 40 yard dash. Truth. Because they both had cement shoes. I, but anyway. <laughs> I, you know me, dude. I, like, I'm always like, in BB we trust, and I get the, would you quit saying that shit to me? Um, but I look to you for answers, man. Like, you keep me calm throughout the season, even when you're at your, at your 10, and, you're, and I'm talking you off the ledge because you're mad at the defense. I always just think, you know, we have our best defense is our offense, man. You know, so we get – That's true. Um, we get a lot of, um, you know, great plays and whatnot. And I just – like, it's going to come to an end, and it breaks my heart, man. So, I don't know. That's – Right. And, that's, and, I, and I think that's kind of why you need to get that – you know, whoever's going to take over for Brady, I mean, it, I mean, let's face it, it's, it's highly unlikely that the Patriots are going to draft, like, you know, like whenever the Packers, you know, got Aaron Rodgers in the draft to back up Favre. I, it's very unlikely that the Patriots fall into that boat. It would be absolutely Dude. fantastic. And, and everybody would claim that the Patriots cheated to get him whoever this person would be, but it's, it's highly unlikely that that's what's going to happen. So the next guy they get <laughs> might, not even, might not even be, you know, the long-term quarterback. I mean, who knows? Do Belichick, <laughs> I, I got to be 100% honest with you, and I believe wholeheartedly in Bill, you know that, but I got to believe that at 199, and he sees, like, oh, this guy's here. Michigan, oh, they're a Big Ten school. Oh, I, I can't imagine he was super high on their draft board, and they let him slip all the way down there just to pick him up to be the smartest guys in the room. I can't no. believe that. <clears throat> no, no. No, let's face it. There's, I, there's nobody that knew that that was coming. That's, right, why, exactly. that's, why, that's why I'm thinking. That's why I'm thinking you have to go with one of the – you know, one of the bigger, you know, let's face it, every every quarterback in the draft, you know, these these experts, you know, they have like the ups and downs on the positives and negatives on all of these guys. And you kind of think that sometime, you know, the Patriots are going to like make a move to get one of them. Now, the funny thing that I heard was that uh, they all think Kyler Murray is going to be the number one pick now, but the Cardinals have the number one pick, and they picked Josh Rosen last year. So. I just saw something today on ESPN that they showed in a retail store. His jerseys were on sale for thirty nine ninety nine, dollars um, and they're talking about moving out of that – or trading him or moving out of that position. Well, I think you have to. I think there are teams that would trade a boatload for Kyler Murray, and, I mean – you know, with all the picks the Patriots have, I mean, I'm not in love with Josh Rosen, but, I, you know, if you can, you know, if you can get get him for, you know, a decent value, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, do I think he's, do I think he's better than 
the three guys that got picked ahead of him, no, not really. But the the only problem with the three guys that were taken ahead of him is they were they're all on bad teams. You know, look the the Jets are the Jets are in the basement again. The Bills are in the basement again, and you got you know uh, Mayfield with the with Cleveland, who I think they're going to be much improved this year, but they're going to be studs, dude. But I, I don't know. I mean, I we all we always think that after one year. I, I don't know. Again, Josh just, Allen. Josh Allen runs the ball too much for me. Okay, they That's, just signed um, Kareem Hunt. They have Nick Chubb. Um, they have like Baker Mayfield. They have a great like offensive team. I can't see how they're not going to win more than four games. Six, six, over. Take the yeah. over. Yeah. Well, when you win one game in ter- in two years, you know four is a pretty big. Won step. four last year. I know. But more importantly, they've been they were competitive. Truth. Better than the Bills can say. That's true. Very true. Better than my hometown Buffalo Bills, which makes me grumpy. Just par for my miserable course. You know what's not par for my miserable course? That's what you think you've been doing? Running <laughs> Shut up and listen. Your wife won't wear heels sometimes. Shut up and listen to me. The concept of shut up and listen is simple. Listen. Santos and I get pissed off throughout the week about something that's been done or said. Then we tell you how much of an idiot you are, and why you're wrong. I mean, it's not rocket science. It's you're going to shut up and listen to me tell you why you're a blubbering idiot. <laughs> I love it. That's a good one, right? That, that's decent. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah I, I, can, I can get behind that. <laughs> Is it you first or me first? Well, it doesn't matter to me. I, uh, I can you go first wanna... if you want. Um, yeah, I think you should. Okay. I don't know if you heard, uh, and I, I heard part of an interview this week with, uh, Adam Silver, who is the commissioner of the NBA. And I just, I just have to say, shut up and listen, Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA. You go on and you say that the, the players are depressed. The players are upset about how things are going and I just have to say how is that even possible the NBA is a joke as far as players colluding playing with their buddies quite frankly it's something that I mean all of this talk going on during the season is ridiculous and it comes from you and it also comes from allowing all of these media members to ask players during all of the interviews, pre-game, post-game, you know, where are you going to play next year? It's the middle of your year. You still have, I think it's like a month and a half left of your regular season. Then the playoffs start, and we all know the NBA playoffs don't end until the end of June. How on earth are you allowing your players to be asked questions by the media about where they want to play. And then the problem is, is that you have all of these entitled 
players that don't like being asked these questions, which is completely crazy to me. Uh, you have Kyrie Irving. He was on my team, the, the Boston Celtics, who seems to just always be the center of negative attention whenever he is interviewed after a team loses. <clears throat> I mean, heck, the other day they were, I don't know if it was the ESPN game or if it was on ABC, ESPN on ABC, and I don't, I don't know how it went down exactly, but they always have cameramen backstage to watch these players come in. And he made a point to say that he can't stand it. He doesn't like it. He can't wait until his career's over, and he doesn't have to worry about cameramen watching him come in. As he's wearing an Uncle Drew hat, a movie that he starred in, which he would not have done if he was not playing professional basketball. He's also not liking answering questions about him being seen talking to Kevin Durant behind stage at the NBA All-Star game because both of them are going to be free agents at the end of the year. Both of them have been rumored to, you know, be at least thinking about going to play for the New York Knicks. And whenever he was asked about it, he makes up something about that, uh, you know, it's somebody's doing it so they can get click clicks and likes for their story online. You know, Kevin Durant, when he's asked about stuff like this, he actually, I forget, he, he said something that just drove me crazy whenever I heard it. He's like, like, grow up or some, something like that when he was being asked about it. If there wouldn't be so much foolishness going on, and, and if it wasn't allowed by the commissioner, it's almost like free, free PR for them. You know, let your players go out. Let them, you know, get on social media or, you know, talk on the court before the game, after the game, behind, you know, underneath, you know, the, in the tunnels after the game's over or something. And then, and then get recorded by a, on a camera of some sort. It's, it's all coming – it's all the, from the top. It's almost like they want this to happen. They want all of this going out there. I mean, at least with baseball, all of their free agency stuff really doesn't take place until it's allowed to. You know, they're after the World Series is over and everything's kind of cooling off a little bit. Guess what? Here we go. Here comes baseball. Same thing with football. Basketball is the only one where they're talking about where they want to play next year. I mean, look, we had Anthony Davis a couple of months ago say that he wants to be traded, which didn't happen. But why on earth bring that up now during the regular season? And then another thing is you got LeBron James, who does his, what's that show called, like Barber, the Barbershop that he's on? It's, it's ridiculous. He had Anthony Davis on there talking about, you know, wanting to be traded. It's like, hello, he wants to go to your team. How, how on earth is this being allowed to take place? And the worst thing about it and the mentality of the players, I don't know if you saw this, London, LeBron had Antonio Brown from the Steelers on his barbershop show. And the guys were sitting around, they were talking about, you know, negatively about Ben Roethlisberger. And they didn't bring up about how 
Antonio Brown basically was a no-show for their last game of the year. They didn't talk about all of, you know, when he was live streaming, whenever Mike Tomlin was, you know, giving a speech after the game. What came out of that from, I don't know if it was LeBron or one of the other guys in the studio, they said they didn't appreciate you enough. Come on. This is the mentality of basketball right now. These guys all feel as though they're entitled, and it's starting to just ruin the sport for a lot of people. Hell, my, my team's good. I'll watch. But if they, ever, if they ever took a dive and were bad, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to stay up until 1 in the morning like I did the other night whenever they were playing the Golden State Warriors, and they came on at 10.30. I watched that whole, that whole game, and I was at work on time the next day. No problems at all. But I can guarantee you that will not happen if my team gets lousy because all of these players just want to go play with their buddy and claim that nobody shows them loyalty when they just want to you know, play with their friends and not be loyal to the team that they are currently on even during a season that they are under contract by said team. So shut up and listen. I don't remember what the guy's first name is. Adam Silver, that's your name. Adam Silver. (laughs) Shut up and listen. Figure it out. I'm I'm not saying you have to get everybody under control, but you need to kind of at least, at least, you know, cut the legs out of the media a little bit on what they are able to talk about, what they're not able to talk about, because, the more and more your players talk to these media members that are asking them about free agency in the beginning of March and back in February and back in January, when your season isn't over until June, is absurd. It's taking away from the game, and unfortunately, if it keeps up, you're probably going to lose a lot of fans out of the deal. That's all I got to say. So a lot of... So you're done, right? Shut up and listen? Yes, sir. Yes, uh-huh. Okay, so a lot of this comes from the the um, playground mentality. And this is no, you know, no ill will, no derogatory, anything. Just a lot of, like, buddies picking up. Like, it's easy to play basketball, right? You just need a ball and a hoop. That's all you need. So a lot of the other sports, you know, hockey and, you know, a baseball, you need more um, equipment, I guess. So, you know, that that's where a lot of that comes from, just a bunch of buddies picking up a ball and playing, man. So I agree with you 100%. Uh, listen, I'm not as big a basketball fan as you are, but if I'm going to follow, I'm going to watch um, the Celtics. I'm going to root for the Celtics, not because my buddy Nate likes them, but because – I like the Celtics. So um, it annoys me when, you know, like LeBron and uh, everybody just kind of, you know, it's glib, man. It, it makes it feel like, like, like I was talking a little bit earlier about uh, Bryce Harper's contract. Uh, it makes, this is so stupid. I want to slap myself in the face every time I say this, but a $330 million contract feels good for Bryce Harper but a $250 million contract for LeBron feels dirty to me 
because Bryce is going to stay there for 13 years and LeBron is only doing it to try to sign different people and, and do this, that, and the other. So, I, I mean, it's, you know, all, I mean, it's all, um, that's what I'm looking for. It's all, um, oh, damn it. it I don't know, man. I can't you know help all, you. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, you know, it's, it, it's all relevant. That's that's what I was meaning to say. It all is the same, man. You know, it's just, you know, it's just all relevant, I guess. So I, I guess what I'm saying is I agree with you, and I, I I feel your pain, brother, but I'm not that big of a basketball fan, so it doesn't really affect me quite as much yeah. as it does with you. But, you know, as a fan and somebody who, you know, just wants to go to a basketball game, take my kids – you know, that's cool, man. I only have ever been to one one game ever. It was the Sacramento Kings versus the Chicago Bulls in Buffalo, New York. It was a it was a um um I want to say a preseason or whatever. It was like a yep. a scrimmage kind of thing. It was a exhibition. Yep. That was what is it billed as? And I got a chance to see uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen play in the same in the same court, which was pretty nice. cool. Yeah, absolutely. But I was in the top of the building and the only way I could see Jordan um, like the only identifier I could ever see was his earring. I was so high up. I could, but I could see his <laughs> earring sparkle. So that was it. Um, there you go. Yeah. But um, shut up and listen. Um, shut up and listen. Everybody, everybody. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. Um I see here's my problem. I put a bunch of stuff down in my phone because I was so grumpy about this whole situation. This Charlie Casterly situation when he talks about Kyler Murray. Are are you familiar with this, Mr. Santos? Um not really. Okay. So Charlie Casterly, who used to be the um I think he was a GM of the Raiders back in the day. He claims that he spoke with, quote, three or four, end quote, um, people who were sitting in interviews with Kyler Murray, and they said he was the worst interview they have ever had, that he couldn't. Um, he couldn't break down plays. He couldn't have conversations. He just didn't understand. Blah blah blah. Oh boy, I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it, Santos. Go Kyler out. Murray. Kyler Murray is black. Um, Charlie Casterly is white. Um. A lot of the issue coming out, a lot of the people speaking out are black. And Charlie Casterly has been someone who has, you know, he's an ex-general manager of a football team. He has the ins. He has the outs. Um, a lot of pundits, I guess we'll call them, have vilified him, have made him, um, you know, as the the 
the antichrist, the racist of the NFL. Like it, it has become like, for instance, um, Spain and Fitz. Do you listen to um, ESPN radio at all or no? No, not really. Okay. I have no idea who well, they are. Spain, we'll go that way. Spain, <laughs> Spain and Fitz are just two people on like, I think they're on like six o'clock ish, seven o'clock ish on ESPN radio. Um, black. They absolutely vilified um, Charlie Casserly. Do you know who Stephen A. Smith is? Of course. He vilified um, Charlie Casserly as being a racist because both of them, all three of them, have just murdered him as being a racist. And I guess my shut up and listen comes just people in general, man. Can we stop with the race baiting, with the with the 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 clicking, the you know, bait whatever it becomes, man. Charlie Casserly has been in the NFL and done many things for many, many years. I don't agree with what he says a lot of the time. He's a knucklehead. But listen, I'm not really sure that he's racist. I mean, he's he's actually, um, I think he drafted, um, what's his name, from from LSU. What's that quarterback that was shit? Oh, um, Jamarcus Russell. Yes, thank you. He he drafted him, I believe. He is not a racist. He, you know, did he get wrong information? Maybe. Did he spout off information that he probably should have shut his mouth with? Probably. Yep. Zip it, old man. But come on, man. Not everything in this world, not every time you wake up in the morning, and not every, you know, um, comment or quote that comes out of a white or a black man's mouth is going to be race related or it's going to be race baited. Come on, man. we got to stop this. This is like, this is the, the lowest tier of, you know, the hierarchy of just nonsense. And we could nip this in the bud. I don't think Charlie Casserly is, is racist. Do I think, <clears throat> Excuse me. Do I think he got bad information? Do I think he even got information and portrayed it incorrectly? Maybe he's old. Maybe he just wants to mash this kid. But maybe because he's got two buddies who are the Grudens that he's trying to let this kid slip down because he was the, you know, the GM in Oakland. And he wants Oakland to get this kid because he thinks real highly of this kid. I mean, I don't know what it's about, but, you know, for Christ's sake, can we stop this? Everything that somebody says negative about, I mean, this is where our country is going. And maybe this is way bigger than, you know, the shut up and listen portion of our show. But Jesus Christ, man, listen, you have black friends. I have black friends. We all have mixed race friends we all have just friends we're people man can we not 
have a conversation about somebody we don't like and we've heard something about and it not being racist. I'm so tired of it, man. I'm trying to raise two little boys. How do I talk to these guys? They listen to sports talk radio with me. How do I, how do we justify this, man? People are talking about him as being a racist and he came on the radio tonight and addressed it with Spain and Fitz who are very left wing and opinionated and they, and I've said it a couple times, vilified him and he just was like, I didn't mean it that way. Nobody has asked me what I felt. And, you know, I guess shut up and listen, just humanity. Can we just please take our foot off the gas? I know everybody is, is in such a, and I think this is way deeper than we want to get into tonight, but I'm miserable today. I'm just grumpy. Um, please just shut up and listen. Please Take your foot off the gas, humanity, and let's, you know, let's just chill out, man. We're all people, you know. I, that's all I got, man. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny you brought Stephen A. Smith into the mix because I think when we were on two weeks ago, I said something about how he was talking about Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State, and he said something negative about him. And he said something about him being a a running quarterback. Dude ran for 108 yards all season for Ohio State. So obviously, that's kind of what he was insinuating too without even knowing the guy's stats. So take that for what you will. I'm I'm tired of having an answer. And and I think – Bill Polian said the same thing happened to him with Lamar Jackson last year. He said something about how, you know, he's he has questions about how he's going to do in the pocket going from, you know, going from read to read, and he was, he was afraid that he was going to do what he did in Louisville, which was just run. And sure enough, that's what happened. Can he get better? We'll see. But he said the same thing last year, and the same thing happened to him. Oh, he's racist. He's an old an old white man that's racist is basically what it is. Now, I, I just think that Bill Polian's an old idiot. I could care less what color he is. But, I mean, these, these guys have been around, unfortunately. You know, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. I mean, I, I kind of want to see how, what Kyler Murray does when he comes in. I mean, I'm hoping he's you know, able to produce on whichever team ends up getting him. So we'll just have to, we'll just have to see. I mean, sometimes, and, and of course, you know, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world are going to, you know, jump all over, you know, somebody, you know, a white person criticizing a black athlete. That's just how he is. It makes me sick, Santos. I know, I know. And I don't, again, it's almost like ESPN just does stuff for ratings. You know what I mean? That's like, let let them do it. People will watch. I'm going to be 100% honest and very transparent. That's how I am, and that's how we are here on Santos and Linda. But I, I do enough things in my day-to-day life are suspect. I, I'm not racist. I am not at all. But, in, and I don't mean to be. I grew up in a very rural area with no black people in my, my school. I don't mean to be racist. Do I say things and do things that can be perceived? You're goddamn right I do. But I, 
make it very, I don't want to say known. I'm not racist. I have very good friends. And I, I just do things that I'm, I'm a knucklehead because I'm so, my butt cheeks are so clenched so tightly because I'm so scared to be a racist that I do something racist. So I, I'm just tired, man. I'm tired of, you know, my boys are 12 and six. How do I, you know, how do I keep fighting this battle for them that like, you know, I want to protect them as much as I can. And it's like, come on, man, you, you know, you, you, you welcome everybody in your heart and blah, blah, blah. But if they say something off, you know, just off the cuff, it becomes, you know, they get shot, you know, who knows, man, it's so scary. You know, and I'm, 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 I'm digressing and I'm kind of weaving down this rabbit hole that I don't really want to go down, but I mean, shut up and listen to humanity. Just, just take a step back, man. We're all people. We all bleed the same red blood, dude. You know, we're all just human beings. That's it. That's all I got, all dude. Right. All right. Sounds good. Let's let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> on to that. <laughs> um. Yes, we got we got thirty minutes left. I don't know. How you want to? How do you want to attack the WWE? If you just want to do the upcoming pay per view first, we can get, <laughs> you know, that kind of. Uh, out I know the Heimlich maneuver. If you are struggling over there, you put your hands up, and I will come rescue you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I think I think I'm good. <laughs> so last, um, the last time you and I spoke, we, um, I think we. Um, well, last last time we, we uh, did we talk about elimination chamber after that was over with because it seems like we've been we just missed a week right was it one week or two weeks I was anyway I don't know let's just move on man let's just you know put it yeah. to rest we'll go on to fast yeah. lane. Because trust me, there's enough. We lost King Kong Bundy this week, and I had people hit me up being like, "I'm sorry, Jay. I'm sorry you died. Um, you know, you were a that's, good man, Jay." That's 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 I'm close. Like, no, 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 no. I'm King Kong Lundy, not King Kong Bundy. Okay, okay, I got you. I got you. Um, so we're going into WrestleMania season. We. I don't even know where to start, Mr. Sanders. One, you pick. One, one, one pay-per-view left before we get there. So. By the way, 2020 is in Tampa. I saw that. I saw that. I'm. Uh, so are we camping out the night before, or what are we doing? I, I just, why, why wait last minute? Let's just start tomorrow. <laughs> I'll make a hut, a lean-to, if you will. I'm I'm down with that. So let's see. I'm trying to pull up the the card Speak. here. Let's see. Let's see what we got. Well, one of the things that kind of just drives me nuts is the uh, the pre-show match, Rey Mysterio and Andrade, and what's the deal with WWE like taking away? people's like all of their name 
when the hell did Andrade Cien Almas become just become Andrade? They do that all the time. They did that with Apollo Cruz. They did that with Elias. They do that with everybody. It's like I don't know why they just drop everything down to one name. And then with Charlotte, they make her Charlotte Flair. I mean, I, I get that one, but it's it's just kind of silly. But anyway, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade. Who you got? Say again, my, my um, earphones went all kinds of crazy. Say again, I, I, end, I could hear it. The end of that. Um, uh, Rey Mysterio, Andrade, who you got? I think Andrade gets a push, man. I really think he, um, I really, I, I think Andrade, he, he's going to be, uh, Mysterio is going to be starting getting weeded out. So I think Andrade. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with you. All right. Um, let's see. We've got. And this this whole thing is just kind of silly to me. The Revival versus Alistair Black and Ricochet versus Gable and Rude for the Raw Tag Team titles. You want me to give you my opinion? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm phrasing these in forms of questions. Okay. Um, I think Ricochet and Black win this. Because they're the most over out of the two. But I this is ridiculous. I mean, really, we're talking about these two guys who are on their fourth or fifth match in WWE. I mean, come on, man. We can't yeah. we can't find somebody else that we can we can put in this match. Um the revival deserves to win. The revival deserves to retain and you know, move on, but I, I, think, I think it's I, I think it's kind of hard to take the belts off of them because they've they've won after all of this time, and then the next week they fight, uh, you know, they fight Alistair Black and Ricochet and lose, and then they fight them again and then they lose. It's like these dudes are the tag team champions. They should not be losing all of these matches as soon as they put the belts on them. This is their first, you know, real title defense. And honestly, I just, I just don't see them keeping Alistair Black and Ricochet on a team together. Something's gonna go down there, I think. And do you think they because one of them costs the other one the title, and then they they feud together? I I, I think something like that is gonna happen. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, yeah. right? It's gotta make sense. I mean, something different has to has to come about than this. You're right. I mean, they, they, you know, I mean, you just talked me out of my, my pick, but, but I agree with that. You know, um, Ricochet, Black, win. what was it two of the three or they win both or. Well, the funny thing is, is that they, they were going on both shows. So they would beat the revival and then they would go and fight the bar and beat the bar. It's like, come on. I mean, you're just, Basically, hand plucked two people out of NXT and put them on a makeshift team for a reason they still haven't told us why. And now they're going to go beat these established teams and champions, like in, like on the main roster. That to me, that just sounds silly. 
Okay. No, got... I, I, hang on a minute. Hang on a second. I'm no, not we, done we, need to, we need to move, baby. We need to move. We only got 25 minutes. Let's go. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be that easy, but all right. <laughs> we'll just we'll just hit up the other tag team match, the Usos and the Miz and Shane McMahon. <laughs> the I'm Usos thinking, win this all day long. Abs- absolutely, absolutely. That's a no-brainer. Because, Shane in, in because every, everybody knows. Right, go ahead. You're going to say what I'm going to say. Go ahead. Shane and Mizzo are going to um, somebody's going to cost somebody something, and it's going to lead to a WrestleMania match. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely, it is. We can we can see that a mile away. All right, um, Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens making a return. I is Kevin Owens a healer of faith? They're they're making him out to be the baby face here. Yeah. And, and again and again it's just it's just silly. It's like this whole thing with Vince McMahon changing title matches, it's it's I think something's gonna come out of this. Like they're gonna put him in like a memory care unit someplace, locked up. <laughs> Like I, I really because it's like they're because the other you know Stephanie and Triple H are like making these matches and then he's coming out two minutes after they say what the match is going to be and they and then he change that changes it all together so it's like I don't get it but but yeah I mean Kevin Owens was doing these like you know like man like little vignettes where he was like bowling and eating like pizza and. Eating all those bad foods, so it's so it's kind of like here's here's one guy that's a health free hippie versus one guy that doesn't really give a damn and he's going to eat whatever he wants and do whatever he wants. So I, I kind of get it, but I still think we're going to end up with Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan for the belt at WrestleMania. I mean that's the only way this can go. So I don't uh, Kevin Owens, thanks for coming back. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to you after that, but going to be a triple threat. You know, no, yeah, knowing how WWE is lately, it's going to be a triple threat match at WrestleMania. Hundred percent agree. It's going to be. It's got to be. So I am going <laughs> to. This is so bad, dude. I'm going to pick Daniel Bryan. I mean, obviously, okay. right? Yeah, it, it has to be. All right, we got the Boss and Hug Connection versus Nia Jax and Tamina. They have to. Retain, right? They have to, especially because Sasha Banks has never had a successful title defense. Right. I I kind of think you're right. I especially, and it's and it's unfortunate that, and I say this every freaking week with WWE, Bailey and Sasha Banks are in like a a Twitter battle with freaking iconics. How come you're never on? How come you're not on SmackDown Live? Oh, well, we got other things and blah blah blah. And it's like they're just going back and forth at each other. So don't be overly surprised if Bailey and Sasha Banks win this match and then magically show up to, you know, to talk, call out the Iconics on Tuesday night, and that ends up being the match at WrestleMania. Oh, I forgot the, the, the women's tag championships are going to be like 
Oh, anywhere. Yeah, that's right. And it's even yeah. it's even good on NXT. They showed up on NXT. I think it was last week. Really? Yeah. They didn't, you know, they didn't fight anybody, but that was one of the things they showed up at the NXT event. And that's when that's when that whole thing kind of came down. That there, even NXT is open for them to go to, and which is probably good. So we will move on to the next match. We have this is the who really cares match of the evening, at least in my opinion. Oscar versus Mandy Rose. Is is Oscar back or is she? Is she, you know? Oh, you mean you mean after Mandy Rose dropped her on her head? Yeah, she's back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they put the strap on Mandy Rose, dude. I think it's time for her. I don't. I don't really know how you can put a strap on somebody that almost kills another competitor. Well, but. I- but it's funny because I heard I was listening to a podcast and somebody was saying, you know, they don't really understand why Mandy Rose is getting the push that she is. And and there was really nothing, you know, there, you know, normally they have like a number one contenders match or something, but she basically just got put in this position. And the host of the show said, well, you do hear how Corey Graves acts whenever she comes out. Right. And the caller says, well, yeah, of course. And they said, that's exactly what Vince McMahon thinks of her. So you, you could be right. Um, I hope you're right because I think you need to have a champion. I've, I've said this about Oscar all the time, and it kind of seems like a broken record now. Your, your champion has to be able to talk shit on the microphone. Either as a yeah, babyface or as a heel. And Oscar so. cannot do that. So unfortunately, kind of thinking that Mandy Rose wins. She has the like a henchman sidekick, which I think will probably be one of these deals where she kind of gets involved without getting involved. She gets thrown out of the out of ringside, Who's and then <clears throat> Sonia Deville. Oh, okay, okay. That's Mandy Rose's little like henchman buddy. I, I think I think Sonya Deville kind of gets involved, gets tossed from ringside, and then it, it'll be something stupid like a small package or something like that that ends this match. So don't be don't be overly shocked if it's not a real dramatic ending. We can we we can talk about this match for a while, or we can just sum it up with two words. Um, we have next one is. Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley versus The Shield. The Shield. Yeah, that's that. Uh, there's there's none. <laughs> um, I would basically bet everything that I own that The Shield wins this match. Although that being no. said, all that being said, I'm kind of thinking they go Dean Ambrose versus Reigns at WrestleMania somehow. I was just going to ask you, do you think Dean Ambrose um, re-signs? Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I think, uh, I think now that Reigns is back, they can still do this whole Shield thing, but 
But the funny thing is, is that whenever they were trying to like get that whole thing reunited this past week, uh, Rands and Rollins both said they want to do it one last time. I don't know if anybody else caught that that watched the show, but they said, let's, let's get the band back together one more time. So to me, that kind of felt like, eh, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's just a one-time deal. Um, you know, maybe this time, you know, I mean, who knows? We could be wrong, and maybe, maybe Ambrose screws them over, and I mean, we know that, we know Rollins is already set with Lesnar at WrestleMania. You know, Reigns doesn't, Reigns doesn't have a dance partner yet, and Ambrose possibly on his way out the door, so what a better way to you know, you have, and plus, you know, it's 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 kind of it's kind of funny in a way. You know, Reigns gets booed mercifully until he says that, you know, he has he has to relinquish he's the dying. title. Yeah, now he's like a, a fan favorite. I mean, it's unbelievable how everybody's gotten behind this guy. I think you have to keep that going. I think. They have to have Ambrose turn, and it can be, you know, it might not be this Sunday night. I mean, it could be like Monday. I mean, they still have what, like, I think WrestleMania is what, 30 days from now, 31 days from now. They still have time to kind of flip that switch and tell us the story that we need to see to get us to where we need to get to. But I I still kind of think that, you know, if anybody is going to flip, it's going to be it's going to be Ambrose because let's face it, if he does leave, who cares? I mean, he's going to be a bad guy on right. his way out. So what? Right. And he, you know darn <laughs> you know darn well they're not going to have Reigns lose at WrestleMania. So and he's also jobbed like a hundred and six times oh, in a week. It's it's pathetic. They have him jobbed to EC3 twice. EC3 never to be seen or heard from again. I haven't even seen him wrestle. He he hasn't been on. He's always been, I mean, hell, I think this past Monday night, somebody was walking through the back. Uh, it was those two Saturday Night Live guys. I think they were walking through the back, and EC3 is, like, standing there with his wrestling trunks on. I mean, dude looks like a million bucks, but he's just looking in a mirror. Like, really? You're not even in a dressing room you're just out in the hallway looking at a mirror i mean how lame are you i mean i understand that there somebody is setting this up but who is setting this up thinking that's funny that's pretty ridiculous (coughs) all right so that being said uh last match of the night uh charlotte flair becky lynch if Becky Lynch wins, she will be added to the Raw Women's Championship match at <laughs> just, WrestleMania. Just what on it. earth do you think is possibly going to happen here? <laughs> I hope and pray just for everything that is good and holy. Please, WWE, just just let her lose. Just do it. And the the the. The building would come unglued, but just let her lose. And like Monday or Tuesday, put her back in, man. It would be just incredible. Where's Where's this event taking place? Let me Let me scroll up here on the good old iPad machine and see if it tells me where it's going to be. Cleveland, Ohio. 
Well, if you're going to do it, I'd do it in Cleveland, Ohio, because nobody's going to miss that place anyway. Because that city is going to get burned to the ground <laughs> if, if Becky Lynch loses this match. I mean, it's it's going to be unreal if that takes place. Um, you know what I would love to see? And I was kind of thinking this. I think it would be funny. And it, it, they've done stuff like this before. You know, Charlotte comes out to the ring first. You know, kind of like the whole pomp and circumstance, you know. And then Becky Lynch comes hobbling down on the ca- on the crutch. I hate, which I hate, by the way. She 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 needs practice on how to like hobble with the crutch. I mean, she looks pathetic. But what I want to see is I want to see her, you know, struggle to get into the ring, and then have Charlotte like say something or do something or point at the knee or something. And I just want to have Becky Lynch. Like rip the knee brace off, throw the crutch out of the way, and say and make it look like this was a big hoax the whole time. Uh, that would be the absolute best thing I, I would. I that would be pretty WWE good. In a while. I, I'm on board with that because they did something like that with Bret Hart whenever Bret Hart was going to fight Vince McMahon. That you know Bret Hart like broke his leg or something. Then it turns out that at, at the day of the match. Vince is like in the ring gloating, looking the other direction. Then he turns around in the crutch and cast her off Bret Hart's leg. And then Bret Hart just kicks the holy hell out of him. So, I, uh, I mean, let's face it. There, there's no way that Becky Lynch loses this match. I mean, I think that all credibility for anything that they do at WrestleMania is going to be out, out the door if, if that takes place. But since, you know, but since we have that match kind of going and we're, we think it's going to be a triple threat match, what do you think of the way they've kind of flipped the switch with Ronda Rousey? I don't know if you saw that Monday where she basically come out and cut a heel promo and, you know, damn the man, screw the woo, and F all the fans, basically. You know, did, did, you, did you see that, and what did you think? I, I did see it, and outside of... Um, her w her wwe um what's the word i'm looking for her her very beginning what's what's that word the, De- the debut. wwe debut thank you jesus mother and what i'm drawing a blank man my brain it's is after, fried it's, it's it's after 11 o'clock that's why well it's also just that normally normally we're shit i've been doing time. but anyway um <laughs> so outside of her her debut at wrestlemania she has been lackluster to me. She has not given me or even been really important to me. Um, she also does this like weird and awkward, like stomp to the ring, like this grumpy stomp down to the ring, which drives me crazy. So that, that's um, what I thought Monday night, whenever they showed her walking into the building, I'm like, well, she'll be the, yeah. she'll get to she'll get to the ring in about a minute and a half, but she just looks like a, like a, looks like a spoiled little kid is what I think of whenever I see that. It's like that's not a good look for her, and I don't know why they they keep putting her in that position to make that face whenever she walks to the ring. It's so stupid. Where'd you go? Uh, no, I'm here. I'm listening, bro. Um, no, I agree. I just feel like you know it's. She annoys me. You know, it's like, 
I don't even take her seriously when she does that whole thing. And then you get her on the microphone and like, here's what I like in her too. So she was at the pinnacle of her WWE career, her very first match. And now she has just considerably taken dives down that mountain. And it's unfortunate because she used to be, she is used to being, um, you know, the creme de la creme, the, the, it, the, you know, the, the marquee name, the, the seller of any pay-per-view. And she's not anymore, man. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, one of the things that she said Monday night, and I don't know, I don't know if they're still writing everything for her word for word. If they are, you know, somebody really made a mistake on this one. When she was kind of, you know, saying she can, you know, she was trying to put herself over and uh, over Charlotte and Becky Lynch, and she actually says, <clears throat> "I could really hurt them if I wanted to." If it was almost like saying, "If it were real, I could, I could really hurt them." Um, you're supposed to make it seem real. We all know that it's not, but to go out there. And to cut a promo and to say to your opponents that if this were real, you could really hurt them, that doesn't help you. That doesn't help them. And it, and it doesn't help the whole you know, sports entertainment realm. The company. So I, yeah, I don't understand you know, why. I mean... You know, and then I don't know if you noticed. Whenever she started to attack Charlotte first, the cameraman was not in position, so it's almost like she's not like she gets out there. She doesn't. She just talks so damn fast on the microphone, and the cameramen, who are the ones that are there to show what's going on, just aren't in position yet because she doesn't pause or you know follow the cues of what she's supposed to do. And it's like it just looks all discombobulated. But you're right. I, you know, she came in. I mean, let's face it. When you have a match at WrestleMania versus Triple H, I don't care if you're a male or a female or what type of match it is. That's uh, that's about as high as you're going to get. That's kind of like, you know, I kind of uh, equivalent that to equivalent. Is that a word? Equate? I, I don't know. I, that's kind of the same equate, thing to me maybe. as. That's the same type of a thing to me as like the old school Undertaker matches. Like those are the, the that's the match. Now Triple H has kind of become the match. Unfortunately, nobody wants to see the match this year with Batista. But, you know, you you start off with that. You know, you get Stephanie McMahon in a match. I mean, that's always going to be good because everybody wants to see her lose. And you have Kurt Angle, who just got inducted into the Hall of Fame the night before, who's also the babyface general manager of the show at the time. It, it all it all made sense. It all worked out well, and everybody thought she was going to suck last year. Even me, I, I didn't think she was going to be great to start off with. That was that was one of my favorite matches of the whole night last year. But oh my gosh, how far has she fallen since then? I mean, you know, you know how much I can't stand Alexa Bliss. I mean, I love those matches where she just ragdolled her around, but then after that, it's kind of like it's the same stuff. You're in the match, you're yelling at your opponent, you're 
getting your opponent on your shoulders, and then you're yelling to the crowd. It's like, just do what you need to do. You know, get get over it. And then, I know we've talked about it before, the fact that she would be on the microphone with people booing her and wanting Becky Lynch. I mean, she got so flustered, it was, I almost felt bad for her. She could not handle it. That's why they had to go this route. And, you know, initially what she said, I was kind of like, okay. But, hey, I mean, if there's any other doubt that Becky, you think Becky Lynch may lose that match, uh, you have a heel Charlotte versus a very heel Ronda Rousey, that's not going to be a title match that people want to see. I don't. That's the one. That's the one they wanted to give us. But there's going to be another component added to that, and uh, unfortunately, I think that component is going to be walking out with the strap on WrestleMania Sunday at about knowing how long WrestleMania goes at about twelve oh six a.m. Monday morning. <laughs> oh, so it's that's an early match, is what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I just, you know, sometimes I just get, you know, I want to believe in the WWE. Other times I just can't, you know, I, I mean, it doesn't always, oh, Jesus, it just doesn't always, they just miss, they just swing and miss. I agree a hundred percent. I, they just swing and miss, man. That's because, you know, Vince, I mean, like I've said many times before, you know, they kind of know who they want. Wow, what's going on here? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Shut we up, Rick. Got a couple minutes. Shut, your, shut your mouth, Rick. Um, you know, it's one of those deals. You know, they, they kind of know who they want when they want them. And unfortunately, we kind of get stuck with it, whether we like it or not. And I think it's one of those deals. They kind of switched it around to get Becky in this year. I mean, let's face it, Kofi Kingston wasn't the choice either. And we're going to get him too because you know the fans are wanting it. So we'll we'll see what well, happens. I, I got to be honest with you. I think he deserves it. I do. I do too. I'm not going to lie. I totally do. Um, and where the hell is this guy at? Bray Wyatt, come back wherever you are. He'll be back. Jeez. I'm London. He's Santos. We're going to be back next week on Tuesday, Wednesday evening. Wednesday, Wednesday Don't evening. Yikes. Wednesday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm London. He's Santos. Have a good night, y'all. A good night. <laughs>